Vernon, Vernon, the heating and cooling specialist. The name says it all. When you focus solely on indoor comfort for 43 years, well, you get really good at it. Get your heating or cooling system tuned by a Vernon specialist today for only $69. Vernon's 60 to 90 minutes of meticulous system inspection guarantees energy savings or the tune-up is free. Now that's a value. Go to vernonheating.com. Looking to give back this holiday season? Donate to the Army Historical Foundation. For 40 years, the Army Historical Foundation has ensured our nation never forgets the sacrifices of those who serve. As the Army's nonprofit partner, the Foundation constructed the National Museum of the United States Army. The Foundation's work also extends beyond the museum's walls, restoring artifacts, touring historic battlefields, and remembering all we owe to America's Army veterans. Donate today at ArmyHistory.org. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. I feel like I've not done an intro to the podcast in ages. We'll do one now. I'm about to do one. That should be the intro. That is. <laughs> Welcome to the Custard TV podcast. Uh, I'm Luke, editor and runner of the website. How are you? Uh, Matt's here from the north. And Gary's here from the London borough of Lewisham. What's up? Ooh. Yeah. Why? Why so specific? I, don't know. I didn't get I just... my geographical location. No, I'm yeah. going to give out your postcode though. Oh, okay. oh okay, yeah, good. How is life? Who are you asking? Whoever's got one. <laughs> Whoever's got one can answer the question. Uh, after well, you, I think, you, I think you need a new <laughs> podcast team. That's true. Yeah. Although, if I'm all I've done is watch telly. Yeah. Yeah. Bloody snap. I hope we've all watched the same things. Otherwise, well, that would be, be embarrassing if we haven't. Uh, we are from the website, thecustardtv.com, uh, where you can find all the latest TV news, reviews, and previews at your fingertips. We're also launched on the Patreon service. I'm going to go with that as a pronunciation. Yeah, I think uh, that's right. We launched recently with some exclusive content, and you can back us on there and help us raise funds for the site and to go to screenings and all the lovely things we get to do that unfortunately cost money in today's world brexit and all that uh, mm. so if you want to help us out and you, and you <laughs> and even if sorry you've just alienated half of our oh, sorry. potential patrons there sorry pro brexit anti brexit back us on patreon you may as well. It's it's we got some interesting content on there. Matt and I watched the first season of Sopranos, having never seen it in our entire little lives. I convinced Matt to watch some episodes of Only Fools and Horses, which is one of my favourite comedies of all time, and Matt thinks is just alright and just there. Find out if our perceptions of either show changed by backing us on the service patron right now. There's no sort of commitment past the first month, so you can just Back us for one month and listen to the yep. podcast and bugger off. All the prices are in dollars, but it's roughly about, say, like £4.50 for £5. Yeah, the dollar and the pound. Do- the, the pound is weak against the dollar. And also, <laughs> and also you don't have to um, enter your credit card details. Oh, you yeah, PayPal. Via PayPal. So there you are. There's some, there's some bits of housekeeping about Patreon. I mean, as we've said before, you know, money's tight. We understand that. Yep. And if you're listening to us, then that is support enough. But if you think you'd like to hear the podcast that Luke has spoken about and feel like you can support us, even if it is just for a month, then we would very much appreciate it. 
Luke. Hey, everybody, here's our staff. Gary. You've never heard of him before today. And Matt. He's a professional. The telly-obsessed trio. Enjoy your show, boy. This is the Custard TV Podcast. Reviews, news, and uh, pick of the week at the end where we lead your eyes towards something you should be watching over the course of the next week on the telly. Not much news to report, and Gary's not going west this week because there's not much American stuff to say. Not for the airfare anymore. Well, that's right, yeah, Brexit. Back as on Patreon. Veep, a show that Gary and I love with our own hearts, uh, is coming to an end after the next season which will be season seven in 2018. I think this is a brilliant thing, and I'm as sad as I am to see it go, probably for the best. Yeah, I, I, when I read the news, I was kind of like, do you know what? That's probably good. I mean, in the last series, Selena decided to run once again for president. You know, you're kind of at the point now where I can't picture what's going to happen if she keeps failing at things, it, because the show is mostly around, you know, her failures and the failures of her team that... After a while, that becomes, you know, oh, they're not trying again, are they? So, yeah, one last go, and I think they'll do it justice. So that's that beat is ending after seven seasons. It's actually, if, you, if you've not, if you, like Matt, have not seen you, it since sorry, about it, one or two. Sorry, you just said, if you like Matt. <laughs> we haven't got time for that. If you, yeah. like Matt, uh, have only seen the first or second season, it's still really consistently good yeah. after six years, and I hope it goes out on the high it deserves to go out on. As there's no Gary Goes West this week, uh, Matt and I decided to pay a trip to visit our friend Walter as he presented a new show called Young and Promising. It's been a while since we've been with Walter. Um, I think it was Acquitted was the last thing we did. Which we loved, and I've never seen any more. Um, <laughs> me too. Yeah, this one is a bit different. That Acquitted was a Norwegian drama. We're on another Norwegian... So this is more of a comedy drama, isn't it? Um, it's interesting we're talking about Cold Feet because it's got the same sort of vibe, I think, as a, yeah. as a Cold Feet. Like, just and people I'd never, of... ever watched a subtitled comedy either. I would say this is sort of like a comedy drama in maybe like a sort of... I'm just trying to think maybe like some of the ones they have on Netflix, you know, like A Master of None or a Glow sort of. I, I, I sort of mentally compared it to girls, having never seen mm. girls ever, just because there's girls what, in there. any girls? Yeah, well, no, I've met girls. Not, <laughs> not for long. They get ushered away, but I have. I have met girls. They get taken away pretty quickly, but I have. This is called Young and Promising. There's two, actually two series on Water Presents, each of six episodes. And interestingly, they're half hours, so they're quite easy to watch. It centres around three friends in, I would say, early 20s. Although it's set in present day. <laughs> in their early 20s. In their early 20s. Yes, Luke. The character we follow the most in this first episode is Elise. She's an um, aspiring stand-up comedian. She's been living in New York for the last year or so. Uh, first thing you see is her coming back on the plane, and um, she's come back to Norway um, primarily to renew her visa. When she left Norway, she had a, um, a brief one-night stand with a friend, um, Anders, I believe his name is. So there's sort of the awkwardness there. She finds out her dad has had been having an affair with another woman. She's now having a baby and they're sort of, mum and dad are sort of dealing with it in a way. And there's her other two friends. There's Alex, she's an inspiring actress. 
on the lead up to a audition for a drama school, going out with a footballer who's sort of broken his knee and is out for a year. Finally, there's Nene, who's an uh, aspiring scriptwriter, author. She's uh, working for a catering company. In this first episode, she just happens to be working at the um, house of a famous... Oh, not the house of a famous editor, but she's working at a party where a famous editor is. And she ends up taking her home when she's drunk and... She, the editor basically says oh yeah i'll read your script and that's sort of it isn't it i mean the end of the final episode elise finds out that she's not getting her visa renewed which i think we sort of knew and so she's sort of stranded in norway with this sort of family situation hanging over her head she hasn't really got anywhere to live she's got this awkwardness with um anders as well so it's an interesting sort of concept and luke what did you think to it because you haven't really talked about this apart from the fact you thought it was girls it was. Uh, it's interesting. We're going to be talking about the new series of Cold Feet later, as Matt uh, mentioned, and the similarities in the fact that it's not laugh out loud. It's gentle, but you believe the majority of what is going on on screen. You believe these people are connected. You believe these characters know each other. You believe the situations they find themselves in. To me, they were instantly relatable and mm. and likable. I just I. They didn't need to do much explanation of who they were. And it was such an easy watch. And like I said, I hadn't seen the subtitled comedy before. I don't know if I laughed. I liked, no. My favourite scenes were the ones with her parents where her mother announces, your dad's having a baby. Yeah. What, you are? No, I'm not. Your dad is. But we don't need to worry about it. It's your yeah, dad's thing. Yeah, don't worry about I'm, it. Yeah, it's your dad's thing. I don't think you need to worry. And um, in the, in the second well episode, she sort of comes into contact with the woman who's having the baby and is quite interesting and... You see Alex's audition and something happens there that sort of throws a spanner in the works. And I have a ridiculous issue with it, and it's not yeah. with the programme. My issue is, I really... And it's my issue alone, and nobody else will have this issue. My issue is that I struggle to watch it sat in front of the computer. I know I should be able to do it, but I really struggle to stay focused on something like this in front of the computer. I know I should be able to multitask, I'm from that generation, and I really enjoyed it. But it's not on my radar enough for me to go, I must check in on mm. Young and Promising. That's the problem. If this and were it, on telly and I could record it and watch it at my leisure, I probably would. So it's Luke's ADD is basically what he's it saying. It is. Well, you're not going to keep going, are you, or are you? I might do, because they're only half hours, and I can. I found out now I can download them on, on the Channel 4 app, so I could watch it when I sort of go on the train and stuff like that. I think it's just that I don't like watching stuff at the computer. Next week we'll talk about Lawyer on ITV, which I watched via our preview site, and I was really sucked into, and Cold Feet I watched via our preview site, and it's such an easy watch that you can just about watch it, and you can send an email at the same time if you need to. I struggle with watching something like this. I don't know why. Whereas I watch everything on the computer. I know, but you're, you must have such the concentration because I think, oh, I'll just see if anyone's Twittered me. I'll just see what my email... And before you know it, I've forgotten I'm supposed to be reading the damn thing. And I, <laughs> I go, I'm sending emails and I'm checking... Well, I, I, watch it, I, could, I can watch it on the iPad, then I can do things on the computer. The yeah, I see it. it is a good show. We've not really talked about the show, but it is... No. There's good chemistry between the three leads. You can believe in their friendship. It whips along at a nice speed, as you say. And it focuses on 
primarily on their careers rather than their relationships. I mean, you've got a bit, obviously, as I said, with Elise and Anders, and you've got Alex with her footballer boyfriend. But they're sort of secondary plots to like them wanting to um, get onto the next stage of their career. And it's nice to see like young professional females rather than people who are all sort of talking about their men and oh, you know, like you know, focused on their relationships. It's it's. It's nice to see, and as you said, it, it's good to see this from a, um, a foreign perspective as well. And now, Matt, with the reviews. Oh, he's doing it again. He keeps doing it, Luke. Have you had yeah, your no, tea yet, Gary? No, not yet. No, no, I'm going to do a prawn stir-fry. Oh, prawn stir-fry, I think. Pudding? Oh. No, 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 yoghurt, but no pudding. Not on a, not on a weekday. But yeah. yeah. No, I've had it already. I enjoyed oh, it. All right. Hello! Hello! Hey! <laughs> oh, One day I'm just going to go, go and make a cup of tea. <laughs> yeah. um, talking of which, Dr. Foster. I should link that in somewhere. They did, she did, he did make a cup of tea. That's true. I, you know, I'm surprised there wasn't any strychnine in it. This is the second series of Mike Bartlett's... Um, dra- I'm just trying to think, like... Psychological drop. thriller. Psycho- oh, I don't know. Would you say? I yeah, I think I think that's how I would position it. Sexy psychological drama. Indeed. The Ranjos did describe it as having a weird, sexy edge. Um, I've so got this the is the same thing. You can get cream for that, Luke. Don't yeah. worry. <laughs> um, so two years on from the events of series one, we have Ranjos' Gemma Foster living a sort of quite a happy life you know she's back at her surgery her and her son tom seems to be getting on fine they get an invitation or so tom gets an invitation that a horrible former well every, everyone gets one everyone gets an invitation. Yeah. simon the ex-husband played by bertie carvel is moving back to parminster everyone's invited to his sort of housewarming slash wedding party to uh, jodie comer's kate and fair to say, uh, Gemma isn't too happy, which is yeah. essentially... That's a nice what, short review. You know, yeah. you could stick that on a movie poster. She gate crashes the party with a date that turns out to be her son Tom's teacher. Doesn't insult anyone, but she has a sort of very um, heated conversation with Simon in the bedroom. Mm. Uh, and then um, at the end, Simon reveals his dastardly plan is to oust her from Parminster, make her move away so he can be happy with his... New wife and his children. Luke, I want to go to you first because you had an interesting relationship with this. Liking it one week, not liking it the next week and being very unsure about whether it should come back. So I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this. I thought it was very, very engaging. It's completely bonkers. It knows it's completely bonkers. It revels in it. And Saran Jones is as convincing as someone can be. I really thoroughly enjoyed it. The hour flew by... There were bits of it I wasn't that keen on, particularly the scene you mentioned in the bedroom rolled on a bit too long and was a bit cliched. I didn't enjoy that too much, but the rest of it was really enjoyable. Some of the acting's a bit dodgy and some of Saran's dialogue is a bit dodgy as well, but on the whole, it's an enjoyable escapist hour mm. of drama that I, that I enjoyed far more than I was expecting to enjoy. I, I also really enjoyed it. I, I, I think I agree with Luke that it was a lot more engaging than I kind of thought that it would be. I do think they reintroduced 
this guy as a really evil person. Well, yeah, I think the they thing. want. I didn't that... remember him being evil last time, particularly. Well, don't forget. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you know, whatever happened in series one, he was the one that was having an affair. Yeah. I know there was lots of things going on, but that he did have an affair, and he did hit her. You know, which did come back into that, this, well, this storyline, didn't it? He's not so well, that's right. You know, yeah. It was, he, I, well, I think he was trying to kill her, wasn't he? I mean, mm. that's, you know, at least. But there does appear to be a bit of role reversal. There are some people out there that I'm sure will now have a little bit of less like liking of her. She's not mm. a totally likable character. I, I think, never thought she was in the first no. series. Particularly. I think I, I get where Gary's coming to, from to an extent because I think mm. in the first series we empathised with her because we were finding out with her that Simon was having an affair and finding out you know how long it'd been going on for. That, yeah. who knew about it so it was like that discovery we were with her in that and we empathized because all these secrets came out like he'd sort of you know bankrupt her and hadn't told yeah. her and stuff so i think that's where the sympathy came from and i can agree with you to an extent now because um she's like on the revenge mission now so we're sort of seeing yeah. her. we're still meant to have that empathy like well he's done all this stuff and he hasn't properly been punished and now everyone's going around to his house for a big party like yeah. nothing happened two years ago. And she essentially now is going to try and kill him mm. because you've got that line, the only way to get rid of me now is in a coffin. So that was fun. Yeah. And also we've got um, Sean Brooke, who seems to be in everything this year, turning up as um, the new colleague, Sean, who's quite abrasive at the... I didn't understand what that plot was about, but then I remember that there was a, there was a, a lot in series one about the, um, the practice because wasn't there a... A, a doctor she fired, wasn't there? Robert yeah. Pugh. yeah, you loved yeah. him. You loved yeah, Robert that's what Pugh. I'm saying. I liked that. This one, I'm kind of like confused at the moment, but I'm sure it will come I'm out in the later episodes. didn't bring a bloody violin. Vernon, 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 the heating and cooling specialist. The name says it all. When you focus solely on indoor comfort for 43 years, well, you get really good at it. Get your heating or cooling system tuned by a Vernon specialist today for only $69. Vernon's 60 to 90 minutes of meticulous system inspection guarantees energy savings, or the tune-up is free. Now that's a value. Go to vernonheating.com. Looking to give back this holiday season? Donate to the Army Historical Foundation. For 40 years, the Army Historical Foundation has ensured our nation never forgets the sacrifices of those who serve. As the Army's nonprofit partner, the Foundation constructed the National Museum of the United States Army. The Foundation's work also extends beyond the museum's walls, restoring artifacts, touring historic battlefields, and remembering all we owe to America's Army veterans. Donate today at armyhistory.org. She's Sherlock's sister. But one thing I would say is that they use those scenes to sort of pad out, you know, like almost like comic relief to an extent. Yeah. Uh, one other thing as well is, um, what do we think to Jodie Comer in this? I'm almost sort of on her side in that, you know, sure she was the other woman, but now these people seem to be more interested mm. in getting one up on one another. and I, I get the impression that she's going to end up worse out of all of this because she's going to end up... She's going to end up being in the middle of whatever <coughs> goes on. I did have a point that I don't know whether it's worth discussing. I live oh. at home, as you know, with my parents. Um, mm-hmm. On today's podcast alone, we're talking about Dr. Foster, we're talking about Cold Feet, we're talking about Safe House. 
And next week we're going to be talking about Liar and we're going to be talking about Relic and all these other things. There's a lot of good drama on. Do you think it's all skewed a bit too female? Safe House isn't skewed. Safe House isn't skewed female, but it's, no. all, it's, it's daft. Uh, I think... <laughs> uh, I, I, so what you're saying is that women like daft things, is what you're saying. No, what I'm saying is that there is... So you've alienated the no, women would, and the what, Brexit voters now. No, well, what I would say... It's only is ten people the left the listening. Last, you know. The last drama I saw my dad, and presumably Gary's dad as well, if he watched it, engaged in was line of duty i think the other yeah. dramas on television are skewed female we don't have a problem with it we're female, but we we like tv drama okay uh, the well, average... then, 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 hold on i'm going to throw the spanner in the works scott ah. bailey no, you both you both love scott was... bailey and it's, it's two female leads to... but then would you say yeah. happy valley with skewed female well that's a good point as well hmm. i don't think now a lot of people write with a specific gender in mind. I think Cold Feet, to an extent, is, you know, it's romantic. It's, yeah. it's an blah, ensemble, Kenny way. Yeah, but, and, and maybe Dr. Foster, to an extent, because it's a female lead and it's quite... Mm. But, but a lot of these are sort of the procedurals and stuff, I think, are aimed at everyone. But again, I'm not talking about Matt and I here. I think, I think Matt and I skew female. So you reckon when they, when they um, sit down and say, who do we want to target with this... I don't think they do that now as much. No, I mm. hope not. But I was just thinking back to some recent dramas yeah. we've But had. I don't trust, think you can... Trust me, for yeah. example, was, was... I don't think you can assign a gender to either... I don't think... I think it's wrong doing that in the first no, place. No, it, it is wrong, but I'm just thinking... But who, 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 does, who, does, who does that then? Who, who assigns this gender to begin with? Or is it just... Are you just basing all men on your dad? Well, I'm basing my, on it, my, my dad and other men I know within, uh, you know, my family and stuff. I don't think any of the current drama crop would appeal. See, I would disagree. I, I disagree. Cause what the, what you know, about if we use your stepdad as an example? What was the last... Well, he, only, he only watches sports, for God's sake. He just doesn't watch any That's drama. That's so stereotypical. No, yeah. he does. He, he enjoys Sherlock, for example. Or he watches what, Sherlock, yeah. only connect... <laughs> good man, good man. Uh, live what about at your dad, then, Gary. Silent Witness, um, yeah. The Blacklist. If you recommended Doctor Foster, uh, probably. But for my mum, it's got a bit too much choice language and stuff in it. She wouldn't want to watch it, so you'd have to watch it when she's not around. You know what I mean? He would So that a lot of their weird. television. <laughs> no, no, no. But a lot. But you see, a lot of their television yeah, are together. Yeah. So they I definitely think... watched Silent Witness, and Silent Witness as well was... But I don't understand where this, oh, excuse female, excuse male, because I don't think there is, you know, just well, I, sort I, of female leads. Can I can I suggest that we return to this topic next week when we've seen the others? Because I think, oh, I know you might have done that, but the problem is I kind of see where Luke is coming from, but half the shows that he's talking about, I've not seen. So, uh, recent dramas then, like Trust Me and In the Dark, and what yeah. what were other recent dramas? Top I of the Lake. Strike. Strike was certainly skewed male. Oh, you think? If you were to assign a gender to a show, I would say that skewed more male. Can, are you saying the gender of the audience they're trying to attract? Yes. Or the gender of the perspective of the show? Gender of the audience they're trying to attract. Audience. Then I don't think Strike... Is, I think strike is gender neutral, but if I had to say one or t'other, I'd say male. Yeah, I'd agree with. But Matt. I think most dramas are gender neutral. I think the, yeah. the fact that we're saying this is no. Good. Because if you think how many times we've mentioned mums on the podcast before, in fact, mm. when we were going to talk about cold feet, we 
spoiler, we recorded that already and we, we said it was for mums. I think a lot of TV mm. drama, and not that it's a bad thing, and I'm not, it doesn't take away my enjoyment. I love. When we say mums, it's normally who votes for the X Factor, oh, mums do. Yeah. But then you wouldn't have thought, for example, and this is going with age rather than gender, but you wouldn't expect younger people to be the biggest demographic of people watching something like Planet Earth. No, that's right, yeah. That is true. You would expect them all to be watching Love Island. I, I, they I, suppose, I suppose the one thing that we can agree on is the demographics of who watches what programme, as Matt probably found out at Edinburgh, is changing. Going back to Edinburgh last year, there was a thing about what men want to watch, and it turned out it was hunted. So... Yes. Right, oh, okay, well, you know, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. It was because I was really engaged with Dr. Foster, my mum was really engaged in Dr. Foster, and the last time I saw my father really engaged uh, was Line of Duty, which had a bit more sort of oomph about it. And it so what well, you're I, saying is your, your dad is not engaged to Saran Jones, you know. What they said at that thing at Edinburgh is that it's hard to pin down what a man actually watches, and it is a lot of top gear in sport, really. Mm. It's, it's odd... It's hard to attract a man to any show. So I think maybe they do think about, oh, are women going to watch this before are men going to watch this? Because, maybe, yeah. you know, it's harder to get to get to grips with what a man wants to begin with. And I'm not saying it's easy to get to grips with what a, women, a woman wants, but they, I think they go more for the female demographic than the male demographic just generally over the entire roster of shows because... Yeah it's harder to know exactly what a man wants in terms of programming. This just in for your entertainment. Get the latest TV news direct from thecustomtv.com. My God, you are pure television. Guaranteed. So we'll move on now to um, the return of a strand that we're all big fans of, uh, educating uh, Greater Manchester. Filmed in a suburb of Salford in the Harrop Fold School, which sounds a bit weird. The head teacher was Drew Povey, one of yep. three brothers, oddly, who taught at the school. He's, he's yeah, I like that. But the episode mainly centred around um, a year seven boy by the name of Rani, whose family had come over from Syria. He was in a sort of remedial class, I suppose you could call it. Yeah. Cogs. And there was a great scene early on when um, he was talking about his Syrian upbringing and what happened, why he left Syria. And he was teaching them all to pray, which I thought was quite a nice scene. Yeah. Soon he got oh. taken under the wing of a young lad by the name of Jack, who was another sort of old beyond his years. Um, Peter Kay's son, I think. <laughs> I think he, <laughs> oh, yeah. he, he basically sort of chaperones him around the school. And there's that great scene with the dirty van where, um, uh, as someone said, I think it was on Twitter, you know, people of all cultures coming together by drawing boobs on a van. It was more peni, wasn't it, than boobs? That's my new ringtone right there. We're <laughs> <laughs> a penis. That's, that's a text alert waiting to happen. If you want me to send you that audio, I will. What I feared would be shoehorned in in the last 10 minutes was the stuff with the um, Ariana Grande concert and what happened in Manchester. But cleverly, what they did was they sort of wove it into the fact that there were these Muslim kids at the school. What I didn't mention was Rani had been taken under the wing as well of a, a older... Syrian child, I think it was in year 10, 
and so and they did have like a group for um people who all these people who had english as a second language i i really enjoyed this i really did i actually my favorite head teacher since yorkshire because i think he's He's very switched on. He's strict without being silly and just full of humanity, this show. My issue initially was, and this is, again, my issue and probably nobody <coughs> else is watching. I've seen a lot of programmes on immigration of late. There seems to be one every week. And it was sort of telling the same story I'd seen a lot. And my favourite bits were actually his his um, connections with Jack and their and their friendship. But all the other stuff had sort of seen that before and i don't like all that stuff being thrown down your being thrown i suppose i I, I know what you mean but i what was different here was the fact that it was a child children's perceptions of it rather than adults and i've seen it a lot on i I could see yeah those sort of themes and stuff like that Mm. i get that because it's very prevalent at the moment but i think what they were the narrative they were going for here was the fact that children on the whole are a lot more tolerant than adults and we could all learn something from someone like Jack. I I agree. That is a minor niggle because not every episode is going to focus on Rani and his background and things like that. What I liked liked as well is that it wasn't about like a stereotypical naughty child like a lot of these, the, the main tale was one of friendship and acceptance and tolerance yeah the only thing i didn't like was the school uniform with all those men running i thought it was horrendous i struggled with cardiff i struggled as Cardiff probably my least favorite of all the See, i really liked cardiff i liked yeah, the headmistress because she hadn't had that sort of bring being brought up in education she wasn't all for like discipline like detentions and stuff she was like oh. you know right if you do this again i mean like that final episode with the school show i still remember now and it's two years oh ago. yeah yeah but uh, on the whole i struggled with that i can already tell that i'm gonna be uh, enjoying this, well, this a lot more this I, is I, all I... in my neck of the woods so obviously i sort of where they're calling the evening meal tea um i yeah. can sort of empathize with that yeah <laughs> I, I agree with Luke. I think the best thing about the show is the headmaster. I think he is a, a totally grounded character. It happened to be at home and he was on BBC News that morning. So they played the clip of um, him shouting at all the boys at the end. There's been a van on the playground. Really, it's quite amusing, but I need to go and be angry, so I need to compose myself. Should we come in? Yeah. Can you sit down? No, you can't. None of you will sit down in this office. Get in and make sure you can see me and hear me. Everyone in this room better have their eyes glued to mine for this whole conversation. Your eyes come off mine and there's big trouble. Whilst we might have all done something like that when we are at school and I might have been, um, you know, partial to drawing something like that myself in those circumstances. <laughs> I was a lad myself once, believe it or not. I think we have to look at the situation that we're dealing with, which is the reputation of the school. Do you have any idea what those people will be thinking of this school? Thinking of you, thinking of you, thinking of you, 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 you and you. What are they going to think about the blue blazer? What are they going to be saying about Harrop Bold? You write a letter of apology, and it better be perfect. It will be done on proper Harrotfold-headed paper. And these better be the best letters I have ever seen in my life. I'll be back with paper in a minute. 
prat about. I definitely am intrigued to see more centered around him and his style and his mm. ethos because I think and the one thing, one thing that you, oh, well the one thing that you didn't say is that this was formerly a very failing school mm. Mm. Uh, that he personally really has turned around. I think with all these series, as you say, what what tends to be is that you realise these kids are a lot more mature than you think. That yeah, they all do stupid things, but you look at you look at some of them and they're much more socially aware. Uh, I think than I was at that age. And certainly aware of encouraging others and things like that. I thought some of that was truly remarkable. I, I dare you not to have a, not not to have a soul if you didn't find that <laughs> up, uh, really. Where does it stack up for you, Matt? Our favourite, I think, collectively is Yorkshire, Yorkshire. You and I. I would go um, Yorkshire, Cardiff, at the moment of the full series. Yorkshire, Cardiff. I mean, I can't really remember Essex that well. Or oh, East I End. do. I remember Essex. Oh, I, didn't I would want... probably go East End, Essex, or Essex. I don't know. It's it's because it was six years ago now, Essex. Yeah, so 2011. I remember Mr. I remember Mr. Drew, and that's about it. But I remember, and the only thing I remember East End getting a bit sort of tired towards the end. But I really like that election episode. I think the thing is, is it was the Yorkshire one that kind of went viral isn't it? If that yeah. was the one that kind of made every... Essex was on, but we really started talking about it with Yorkshire. There's certainly nothing else like this at the moment. There's not a really good fly-on-the-wall drama documentary at the moment that I could say would take away my my, my, my watching. I, I suppose maybe the Bake Off is that kind of category. I don't know, but... Yeah, yeah I think I will be continuing. Conversely, okay. <laughs> on Saturday, The X Factor returned. Series 14... That the, that's the one. This was, I mean, more of the same. I don't even know where to... Why are, we, why are we reviewing it? I don't even know. No. I suppose it, it was on this weekend. All the judges were back, um, plus Alicia Dixon, who did well, a few were, billing there sessions. there were a few minor little changes. Me, the they, yeah, well, was there? They're allowed to sing their own songs. They've been, yeah. they, but they've been allowed to do that before. Yeah, yeah, but they've been they, encouraged he, this year. They're, they're, oh. this, this, yeah, there was much more of a point of saying, because that first band that came out, came out and did a very lacklustre performance but of the song. But you already knew that they were going to do that. It's all, well, it's all no, stage managed. They, they probably, when they auditioned for the producers, they, they well, did Well, their... I, I suppose that's the point, is that now, yeah. now the, cat, the cat is really out the bag with the X Factor. Mm. You know, everybody... Well, we've known that for years. Exactly, Everyone, they've saying, all pre-auditioned. Not, but not only we know it, I think most of the viewing public know it as well. The only thing I think that is a little bit different, that what I, what I noticed was that there were a lot less awful auditions this year. There was barely yeah. one that they said no to. Again, this year they're letting like younger people in because they have, they changed their minds on every every single yeah. series. So we're going to let under 16 in again. He was the oldest was a... looking 15 year old I've ever seen. Oh, good. Your Honor. Um, yeah, no, but seriously, like, and as uh, she left and school can already. I just, she would have been two when the X Factor started. Just yeah, like that. Put that on Twitter, didn't you? I did put that into it. And I was talking to a colleague at work who I feel is the sort of key demographic of like she's 25 and yeah. he, and she's a big X Factor fan. And even she said, oh, you know, oh, it, I was looking at my phone. I wasn't. And it yeah. is as Luke, as Luke, I think, is, keeps trying to make the point. I'm not quite sure why we're still watching it. I suppose it's just routine. And I mean, certainly me and Gary will probably be watching Strictly as well when that comes back. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, 
and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Despite the lackluster lineup. But at least with Strictly, it's a bit of fun and it's a bit... This mm-hmm. is just... We've got the judges. You've got Nicole, who's annoying... Louis is just like an old bit of furniture, really, at that, at this point. He just, because they took him off one year, he's like an old bit of furniture that nobody wants, but if you get rid yeah. of him out of the room, people he, can he's play. He's not quite shabby chic, is he, really? <laughs> no. Just a bit shabby. Not. But as well, I, 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 I kind of feel like Louis has become like a set of catchphrases. You, like, you wind him up and he reveals it. That I find Nicole quite annoying. So, I Matt, made you made a very good point on Twitter about Sharon Osbourne. Mm. Actually, she made some extremely good points in the audition room was very good about people, made some very sort of interesting combinations. But you're right, I flipping hate her persona on the live shows. She's no nut she's got like a no nonsense persona going like to that uh, guy, the Mexico guy, who was like this phone shop salesman who sung a really sort of ropey song that was just going round in circles. And mm. then she said I'm going to say yes to you because I'm sure you'll convince me if I say no to say yes. So I'm just going <laughs> to yeah. I believe after all these years she's still nervous on live TV and yeah. must take a drink you or something. You think that's what it is? Yeah. It must be. On the live show she does all the squeaky voice and yes darling and all your you know. Oh yeah. Look, look at the baby. Oh. Yeah. All the flirting. She's, it's embarrassing. I don't know with a I mean I've had expected fatigue for a long time. The family haven't. It's sort of routine. I don't know whether they enjoy it but it's routine. That on yeah. a Saturday in the autumn, that's what we watch. But I think he, this year, I think we could get away with not watching it at all. It is just well, look, not I suppose worth because it. It, gets, it just winds got, me up. It got two hours of prime time on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, name another show that does that. Well, Dancing on Ice is coming back. Yeah. Oh well, yeah, we yes. I mean, I for years watched this with friends and went round, but they've recently had a baby, so I will. I probably will now not because it's better as Luke watches it with his folks. It's better watching it in company and watching it alone. I found out last year because, you know, it's the first year that I've sort of lived on my own. I can't imagine that. Last year, I didn't watch it every week and maybe just watched a bit of it on catch up. If I hadn't had to watch it for the site, then I probably wouldn't have watched it or maybe just watched bits of it on YouTube. Do you think that the fact that now the voice is on ITV and the voice definitely does go for a much more varied musical Mm. style, do you think that perhaps they've... They've taken that. There was an Evanescent song in, in on Saturday night. There was. Uh, there was. There was also another one that I can't remember off the top of my head, but another one that was a little bit alternative. There was Run Around <laughs> Sue. Yeah, exactly. I, mean, that's I, not I, I wonder at whether all. that's why they're encouraging original songs to say, look, we just yeah. don't want money. And actually, the uh, auditions are quite varied. It's when we get to lives that they start mm. pulling but up. Do you think they've lost their teenage audience? One that's a problem. One thing that they're not doing this year in the live shows is they're not doing themes anymore. Sing what you want, which yeah. is good because they've abused the theme system for years at this point. Yeah. So. The kids auditioning, like Matt said, she was two when it was 
on. Yeah. They've grown up with the show, so they mm. they don't feel the need to tune in as desperately because it's always back every autumn. It's not that exciting thing. For well, we've, we we talked about that the best thing they could do with the X Factor is rest it for a year, but they won't do it because it's too rest much it of a. They they have to leave a huge gap in their in their in their audience in their sorry their uh, their schedule. Did Kevin um, and also, mention it at all at the Edinburgh? Where the, well, where the head of entertainment at ITV now is someone who used to work for Simon Cowell's Psycho Company. Oh, it's so. never ending. Hello. <laughs> so they showed their their entertainment reel that they showed us was X Factor, oh. Britain's Got Talent, I'm a Celebrity, Anton Deck, Saturday Night Take. There right. is one but, thing different. There's no extra okay. factor anymore. No, that's true. The ratings on Sunday were slightly better than the ratings on Saturday, which was uh, interesting um, for, the de- for the debut. It wasn't really promoted that much by ITV either. No. Uh, um, I don't know. I mean, Louis, Louis Walsh appeared on, on this morning. I unfortunately saw that because of having a Oh, my a week. God, you've been, you've been at home I, a lot of the right I, time. I had to watch it. I, I, I draw the line at Loose Women, obviously. Uh, in general, um, but uh, but I had to sit through. This <laughs> That's morning. another text alert if you want it. Yeah. <laughs> they already know their 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 age brackets as well. Mm. Well, they've I taped they, everything yeah, up to the live. No, it, it right. kind of maybe maybe what they should do is blowing do it live a bit more. Yeah, well, they, they tried that one. Judges' houses, like well, yeah, that didn't, that didn't work, work, did it? The thing about the X Factor when it started was these people had to have, as it says in the title, the X Factor, and they had to be able to sing these songs from all these di- different artists and these different themes. Yeah. And Gary said they used to have big band week every year, so they had to sing against a band. They used to have like something like ABBA and then maybe something more contemporary. And now it's just sing a cover version every week. So it's lost yeah. what it was originally. And the judging panel now is, is sort of a collection of cliches. Even Simon Cowell now has softened a lot. Since, oh yeah, know, he's nowhere near as brutal as he used to be. No, so it's all a bit sort of sanitised. And as you said, now we've got the voice, which the talent on the voice is a lot better, and you don't get well, that I, sitting around. I think, I think for watching. me, the voice, the voice is still very much the first round is the best, and that's their problem. You know, is that the, the chair turning bit is the biggest bit of the show for me. You know, once you get onto the rap battles or whatever they call it, or the anything else, I lose interest. And the live shows are appalling, but. I, I do think this is where they be, they've beaten the X Factor, and now they're on the same channel. It sort of highlights that. Let's do um, Strike. To be honest with you, I watched one and two because um, I downloaded them on the iPlayer app to watch when I was going to and from London last week. Um, and then I just, because we had the third one on the previews, I just wanted something to watch, so I had it on in the background. That should tell you what I thought of Strike, really. But I'll set it up anyway. This is That's pretty much your review straight away, isn't yeah, it? Though, you know? Adaptation of, um, well, it's J.K. Rowling, but she wrote as Robert Galbraith. Um, the Cormoran Strike Mysteries, here just called Strike. We have Tom Burke as um, Strike, who's a... Uh, one-legged Afghanistan veteran who's the son of a rock star but is estranged from his father. He's got money issues. He's sleeping in his office. He's just split up with his supermodel girlfriend. He gets this temp um, played by Holiday Granger. The mystery that sort of overarches these three episodes is of a supermodel called Lula Landry. She's the adopted sister of someone uh, strike knew when he was younger so they so he's asked him to sort of investigate and look in the police the police has ruled it suicide he thinks it's murder and that's the sort of gist of the episode and as all of these mystery dramas do you just have the interviews with various people surrounding it and then he'll 
in another episode, go back and interview the same people because there was three episodes to fill. I haven't got a lot to say, so I'll just say my piece and let you two rattle on. Really old hat, really old-fashioned, wasn't engaged, didn't like the world that J.K. Rowling uh, presents with them. Um, with her weird street names and bizarre characters. Didn't which, I like didn't the leads. No, which I didn't yeah. notice. Didn't like the leads, wasn't engaged. I think TV drama is so good at the moment that I haven't got time for something this sort of gentle and banal. And I'll follow Gary. up on... I'll, I was just going to follow up on your point and then we'll let Gary speak. Um, basically, I, I sort of <laughs> like then it a bit... Then we'll let Gary speak. I love like it, I love it a it. bit more than... Luke, um, it is old-fashioned, and I think it is one of those things. That's why I thought mon- just two would work because you've got that you would have the conclusion to it. Whereas I thought they strung it out a bit. I liked the leads. I liked Tom Burke. I liked Holiday Granger. I thought they had sort of good sort of old-school uh, chemistry. I found it a really easy watch. As I say, I watched one and two on a train journey, and I mean, but at the same time, I didn't find it engaging. It was yeah, like was what thought, I was going to say. Were you? In, yeah. Were you what I thought, it? what I, what I would compare it to is sort of like a holiday book, like a mm. holiday read, something that passes the time, but you know, you're going to forget about it almost instantly. I quite like J.K. Rowling's non-Harry Potter stuff. This is not hard hitting. This is not edgy drama. I think the one thing that I thought was quite contradictory, I read an interview with J.K. Rowling where she said, oh, I'd like to subvert the normal detective shows. I didn't see any of that subversion in the first episode. It was very much a straightforward kind of 50s kind of noir private detective, you know, with a drinking problem and a terrible home life. And he lived in his office and, you know, you got exposition receptionists who came in and, you know, sorted things well, out. The for exposition it. in this was ridiculous. I, I, I yeah. wish I'd written it down. Now there's the beginning of series two. It's like, oh, I found this out last time, and this happened to because the the model's name was Lula Landry. Oh yeah, yeah, these were Lula's last moves, and we need to go and visit this person because they have a lot of things. And it yeah, just let, went let, up for about two, let, let's go two and walk minutes, around the minutes. flat and find something that none of the other detectives that have been there and wiped Although, the tree, you know, had found. They, you know, they, I don't know where the subversion was coming. They in. did do the um. Expositional Google search, which I thought was a nice twist on it. Comparison. So, Gary, will you be watching the next two, and will you be watching the next mystery as well? Or yes, not? I think I will. I think I will catch up at some point uh, with the two that are on because, I, again, the story was intriguing, and, and there wasn't a massive kind of like it wasn't like a, a, an episode where we got the inside information about who done it. But you can't have been that intrigued, Gary. You would have watched them all already. Well, it, 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 life got in the way, I'm afraid, you know, so that it wasn't easy. I didn't have access to, to, to everything last week that I would do normally. So, mm. I, but, I, I, you know, and, but would and, you not have caught up with it at your earliest opportunity if you were that? Um, today is kind of my earliest opportunity. Okay, I think. Then. I'll let you so, on. I mean, I won't be watching for me. I, w- I had it as a download to watch on a on okay. a train. I won't. And I knew we'd be talking about it. That's why I wanted to watch it at least the first one and because the second one was available as i say it was an old-fashioned thing i can understand why they put it over bank holiday mm-hmm. i would personally have left the other one they are airing straight away and maybe put that on maybe over christmas or like you're next not the only person to, you're not the only person to say that and i yeah. can't work out if that's because it did well and they want to continue yeah because it, it beat victoria didn't it uh, you can get them all on iPlayer, and the next episode called The Silkworm starts on Sunday. That's a two-parter on BBC One. You're listening to the Custard TV Podcast. The official podcast of thecustardtv.com. 
Friday saw the return of Cold Feet for its second or seventh series, depending on the way you want to look at it. ITV are calling it Series 7, so we should as well. You have a bit of perhaps inside knowledge as to why it's on Fridays, because Fridays originally I went, oh... Why have they done that? But you think you know. Well, you think. Well, I don't. I I don't think I I know. But I was chatting to um, King of TV Boyd Hilton at the W1A screening last week, and um, I asked him, "Oh, you know, why do you think it's on Friday? Because it seems a bit of an odd place to put it." And he said that a lot more of the sort of elusive sixteen to thirty-four demographic, which I heard a lot about at um, (sighs) Edinburgh, are staying um, in on a Friday night. So it's more of a. a ploy to try and attract them. Do you think that's the key demographic for Cold Feet? 16 to 34? I have to say, it was the demographic for it when it started, probably. Mm. I don't know who it's for now. Um, You? But I think I've said before, my life wouldn't be shattered if it wasn't on. And it is unique. And it is um, unlike anything we have on current TV. But I'm not sure who it's for. And I'm not sure that any new people will gravitate to it. Mums. I don't know. Mums. I suppose it's for mums, but do you think those mums will have had to have seen it before to have mm, the... Yeah, because my mum likes it. She watched it the first time round. Mm. Well, I think they were trying to attract like younger viewers for having Cal Spellman in it. I think that's what they said last year when I was reading through the press notes and they were saying, oh, do you think, you know, would they attract younger viewers? And they said, well, you know, because no, we've got Cal Spellman in, in it. You know? He's not in it enough to... No. Uh, so series seven starts um, bizarrely, 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 <laughs> uh, with a musical sequence and um, a sequence where you think Leanne Best is now in a relationship yeah. with James. They're Nesbitt still Adam. living where they were living before. Mm. You think she's gone into labour, then it goes into a big musical number, and you find out it's done that old cold feet thing of oh, it's turned its things. It's a bit of a I don't know, is there a word for that? Because we were talked before about Ali McBeal and it's sort of the thing I know they used to do. Surreal. Surre- yeah, surrealness. Sort Surrealism. Of moment. An interesting idea. Whether it worked is another question, but I, I, I liked it in as much as, you know, this is an interesting concept and it, it, it draws you in and it sort of establishes the themes of, like, Adam being a bit broody and how he wants the relationship with Tina to progress. See, my issue was, although as good as Leanne Best is, it was like two series last year. They had the, the first half with his wife from Singapore. Karen and Got rid of, got rid of it... her and brought in Leanne, Leanne Best. As soon as he moved into that flat yeah. and they had the old, oh, my landlord's a real pain, and you, you just knew. But I, I kind of liked all the uh, the Karen David and... Um, Who's the Art Malik stuff? Art Malik. Which they got rid of really quickly. Well, look, no, Art Pete... Malik stayed until the end because he yeah. was after and, Karen, wasn't and he? And Pete in the care home looking after James Bolam. That I really enjoyed. Then it lost its way halfway through the series in my eyes. Like that last episode where they had the, um, oh, the, the robbery. The, the robbery was just ridiculous. I don't know where that came from. When it's good is when they focus on the relationship with the friends. There's There's just such a chemistry between all of them, but I feel a little bit like I know where this is going. You know, we've got Siobhan Finneran in now as a love interest for Rob Well, she's, she's a married woman, though, isn't she? Yeah, so he'd be like the other man. Yeah. yeah. Adam yeah. is is having thoughts about having a child with um, the um, best character. Tina. Tina. Uh, then we've got Jenny, who is working... 
I'm not sure where she works. I've never known where she works. Promo- she works in promotions, doesn't she? That's right, yeah. And then yeah. Karen, uh, Hermione Norris, she's got her publishing um, company off the ground working alongside the children's former nanny, uh, Ramona, uh, with her first published book from a, from a young author who is sort of getting too big for her boots. Mm. And she's running... Very quickly. This, yeah, she's running this company from her home, so there's a lot of manic stuff going on. David... Karen's ex-husband is living with Adam and his son Matthew. Because he had the whole trial last year, didn't he? Well, the yeah, pr- he was in prison. Again, a, a strand of last year I hated, he was in prison. Or and, jail, and, now, and now he's sort of doing, you know, the flogging of the mortgages and the life insurance. You know, he's doing the ones where you get a free pen for a consultation and stuff like that. Pete works as a chauffeur now and Pete puts yeah. him in touch with the Siobhan Finneran character basically saying but this woman here has got a lot of money you know she's a kept woman she's got a lot of friends as well that might all want financial advice so that's and whizzing back to Jenny uh, she's feeling sort of overlooked by Karen who has got more of a relationship with Tina now uh, and she feels pushed out and that they're more of a duo now than the three Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So Adam getting a new job. Um, and that was at, done really well. At W1A, by the side. Basically, <laughs> yes. At, at Perfect Curve. Perfect Curve, yeah. Yes. With the tree house and the... Yeah. Uh, that was well done. I liked because the, all his colleagues are so young. Uh, mm. They they have him meeting with children initially and then swap back. It, it's a very easy watch. It's funny. Yeah. It's enjoyable. You know, you like the characters. I really like them. I really care about them. I don't know though. And this is going to sound awful. Whether whether we're in the right place for it at the moment. I loved the first half of that returning series. The second half was a bit of a mess, in my opinion, and this was really good. And Mike says that, Mike Bullen, the writer, told me that it kicks in properly, the storytelling, in episode three, so I don't know what happens there. We haven't been privy to those well, episodes. I, but We've heard both from, like, Pierce Wenger, who's the head of drama at BBC, and Kevin Ligo, the head of ITV, that they sort of want to get away from all the crime procedurals and things like that and move into these dramas that are a bit more sort of character-based about no, these sort of lifestyles. I enjoy it and I'll always enjoy it and I, I will wa- I will watch them on Friday nights for the next seven weeks. My concern is that it's just going to... It might finish after this series, it might finish after the next. Will it just go on and become this thing that's on? And that's what I know I'm what you about. mean, because it's one of your favourites and you worry that it's going to be a law of diminishing returns. Because this was sort of an establishing episode where you saw where everyone was. I thought there was, you know, enough story. You're setting up David Strand with Siobhan Finneran and introducing her. You're introducing sort of where Pete and Jenny are now and their sort of varying career roles and things like that. You're establishing Adam's relationship with Tina and where that what, goes what, and where what, he, what he wants from my... it. I like Leanne best, mm. but I don't really believe them as a couple. Oh, why do don't... you prefer Karen David with it? I think so, yeah, because I think she was different to mm. Rachel and diff- certainly different to Leanne best. 
the Leanne Best character is widowed as well, so that's where their mm. connection is a bit, isn't it? But I, I think it's because he was going he was going to marry Karen David, so mm. that took all that away. Whereas mm. obviously we might be leading up to a proposal eventually, mm. or a breakup, or a wedding, or you know. Because there was a suggestion as well that he's going to be tempted by the, this Irish woman at his new workplace as well. There was that sort of suggestion. The, the bits I really liked, there were some really clever, funny lines in there that I enjoyed. The cast bounce off each other brilliantly. Mm-hmm. It whizzes by really quickly. You don't even know you've watched it. It's so quick. And it is believable at times. But I just wonder whether it's going to become one of those things that's on. And whether, when it does reach whatever final series it's going to get... It's not going to have the impact that that... that well, that should we just wait and see, series. Luke? Because I think you're sort of getting ahead of now, yourself a bit. Oh, so, Cold Feet, Friday nights, 9 o'clock. If I've got this podcast up when I want it up, it is on today, Friday, 9 o'clock ITV, for its seventh series. Uh, last year we had eight episodes. This year we're getting seven. And uh, as Mike Bullen told me uh, via Twitter, episode three is where the story really takes hold i suppose my issue is i don't know whether it can have the impact the original series had mm. and whether but it that was on you personally wasn't it i don't know if as many people i suppose it was of its that series yeah, was of it's, its, of its time. time yeah whereas this is more what happens when the people who were sort of in their 20s at the turn of the millennium are now 20 years older sort of mm. thing that's what they're saying and mm. and the impact of that so we've talked a lot about dramas coming back for no reason or do they deserve to. And Matt's going to walk us through one now that didn't need to come back at all. So Ooh, Safe House is harsh. a drama I have an interesting relationship with in terms of I went to the screening of the first series, mainly because I think I was interested in the cast. Christopher Eccleston was in it. The first series of Safe House was um, Christopher Eccleston, former copper, Runs a B&B, but then decides to set it up as a safe house when a family needs a safe house. And Patterson Joseph, who's his mate, organises it and and they manage, by the end of that episode, to set up a safe house. And I watched it sporadically and it seemed it was less and less safe as it went on. The first series was written by Michael Crompton. He's gone, as well as the entire first series cast. It's a different safe house entirely. This one stars Stephen Moyer, formerly Vampire in True Blood and married to Anna Paquin, who uh, again is a former copper. I don't understand how this became a safe house. Was it well, a safe there, house? There, no, there, there was a scene where she Gary's went to Gary's literally just watched this, Gary, by the way. So this yeah, is the best there, time to catch Gary, really. Yeah. Really. Uh, she, she actually has only just signed the contract at the police station in the first episode for them to become a safe house because he said congratulations you're now officially a safe house from the first of september or oh, something okay. so, so i think uh, it was brand that's, new that's good luck isn't it yeah, um, good uh, luck. it's gonna be on on the seventh uh so <laughs> uh, so you've got that you've got stephen moyer who's this former copper with yep. the safe house then you meet also ashley walters one of our favorite actors that who was is in, sarcasm, uh, sarcasm, sarcasm. Oh, okay, yeah, sarcasm. Um, yeah. Who's celebrating his first year um, with this new woman whose daughter is the eternally youthful uh, Sasha Parkinson. They, How old uh, must she be now? I think she's like 41. 41. <laughs> <laughs> While they're out for dinner, someone's mulling around their house. And wouldn't you just know it, when they come back, the wife gets kidnapped and uh, Ashley Walters is ringing the police and the police turn up and it turns out that shock horror 
it was very similar to a case that Stephen Moyer dealt with uh, years and years ago, and now he wants Ashley Walters and uh, Sasha Parkinson to come to his safe house. What are the odds? Uh, at the beginning, Luke's favourite, the flashback, which was actually yeah. a flashback to a prior time. So it's six worked. years ago or something. Chronologically, yeah. it did work. It wasn't here's an exciting incident, and then yeah. it was what had happened to Ashley Walters happening six years ago to Jason Watkins's character, who's the only yeah. basically the the serial killer that Stephen Moyer was tracking at the time was someone who kidnapped women, but his real target was the men that they left behind. Yeah. And they never found the women. Jason Watkins is the only man that got away. His son, who's been away for a while, who was obviously with him when the the, uh, the wife uh, disappeared, has come back, so there's some intrigue there. And Stephen Moyer always said that there was a, a partner to the guy who's currently in prison. Yeah. There's some dodgy stuff going on with the coppers as well. There's Sinitra Saka, who's the sort of head cop who used to be Stephen Moyer's deputy. But then there's another cop who sort of worked with Stephen Moyer who's a bit suspicious of him sniffing around. Oh, my around. God, even your synopsis is boring me to tears. I think we know what Luke thinks, really. <laughs> Gary? I, I, I have to say that I, I didn't find this quite as bad as Luke. I do think this is a little bit crime series by numbers. Yes. There's the moody music. Everything's in the dark when you need it to be. You know, <laughs> there, there are... You know what I mean? Like, you know, all the times, you know, oh, just a lovely way of putting it. There are the tropes that they've gone for. Yeah. But Stephen Moyer's not bad, yeah. I have to say. Uh... And probably a little better in this role than maybe Christopher Eccleston was, who didn't quite come across as believable as, as someone who was not running. Believable. No, sure. But I'm saying that last year. The, the dynamic that I did like was Stephen Moyer's wife. Stephen Moyer hires a mate of his to come and do some boat cleaning because they live by the coast and, and then to think about building some stables. And because Stephen Moyer gets trapped, you know, not trapped, he gets investigated, starts on this investigation. He's not there. So there's this awkward kind of dynamic between his wife and this bloke he's asked. He tries to make an advance and she kicks him off the property. Is this you focusing on the minutiae of the plot a little bit again? Well, no. I know, but then that kind of thing intrigued me. And I, I suppose the problem is if you can get by, by how bad Ashley Walters is as an actor, there is a plot at least in this. There is a plot in this. Oh my but, god! As I say, this isn't. I mean, as you say, I'm more looking forward to the outlines of the shows that we're looking forward to next week. I think when that happens, I won't want to watch I, Safe I, House episode two. I mean, I think me and Luke are in agreement. This didn't need. Well, well I actually, think this got... I, I held my cards <laughs> close to the. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even see the cards they're that far away from your chest the cards are yeah. a blur to you <laughs> they're so far they're in a the field somewhere <laughs> um, I mean this is written by um, Ed Whitmore who worked on Walking and Tracy Walk- Malone they yeah, both but did uh, most recently he, he created it didn't he, he create, he's, he's, create, he's credited with sort of coming up with this story right Ed Whitmore and Tracy Malone have written this episode together I mean as you said everything's in the dark the coppers are rubbish it's an interesting the other stuff. Um, is she from Liverpool I think yes. so she was in she was in Brookside at one point I'm sure oh, that's true yeah you're right um, and there's dialogue such as and I don't know I've written this down but I don't know when someone said it but someone used the line you don't look too pleased to see me. Whoever says that yeah, in... Yeah, I know, well, yeah. I'll probably say that when I meet Gary for the first time. <laughs> but apart from that, I don't know. Yeah. Gary might I, 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 As I say, I just think 
why put this? The, the summer would have been perfect for this because there's nothing mm. else on. Really, yeah. you're putting eyes on a product which is, it, it, no one's going to stick with. People might watch it tonight. It's uh, we're talking on Thursday, but next week, I don't think they'll bother. It's terrible. It's terrible. Watch Education Greater Manchester mm. on the other side. Yeah, I'd rather have repeats of Police Camera Action or whatever. Police <laughs> <laughs> Camera Action. <laughs> Nine 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 with Michael Burke on SBC. Yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, that's that's safe house done, isn't it? Wait. I, I, I mean, Gary, are you sticking with it? No, not not unless Relic and Killer are terrible. No, Relic and Liar. Relic is liar, Killer no. backwards. That's but it. But what Sorry, he did Relic. there was quite clever. <laughs> Relic, Relic is Killer backwards. That's something yeah. I'm going to say a lot. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email. Custard TV reviews at gmail.com Okay, <laughs> of the week. This is where we point your peepers at something worthwhile in the. You went a bit Bristolian there. Yeah, I did. Who are who are missing? Gary, off your pop. Well, actually, I quite like the comedy that's on Monday Night Upstart Crow with David Mitchell. Did you I watch again, all last year? I not? did. Yeah, I did. I did finish that, and I did like okay. it. It's kind of like a Mickey take of the Shakespeare character. Um, and it's written by Ben Elton, which normally is a point for turning me off. But actually, I found this quite funny. Uh, so okay. I'm looking forward to the return of that. And obviously, well, you know, David Mitchell's in a lot of things at the moment. I don't know which to pick. Um, so I'll, I will genuinely let you pick, Matt, which which one of the two Williams Brothers shows you are most interested Well, I've by. only... Well, I'm not sure. I don't know much about Relic. But well, I've you know the obvious I... that it's a crime drama told Well, in I know reverse. it's Killer Backwards. And you know it's a crime drama told in reverse. So we see I didn't the end. Know that. It... Oh, it... well, that's why it's killer backwards. Okay, I know it's got Richard Dormer with an odd face. Yeah, with a burnt face. I try not to know as much as possible. Like, for example, with the old um, Jodie Whittaker thing, I didn't know that she was pretending to be a doctor or anything. I'm looking forward to both of those, and I suppose as well I'll be watching the um, launch show of Strictly on Saturday night. As will I. Yes, um... uh, I I have seen Lion like Matt. I really enjoyed it, and we're, because we're going to be talking about Relic and Lion next week, I want us to pick something that we're not that we are going to be talking about, but we didn't get a chance to this week, which will be the second episode of Back on Channel Four on Wednesday at ten. I thought quite wrongly that this was going to be Peep Show point two point oh. Obviously, Robert Webb and David Mitchell are hard to prize apart from their peep show uh, characters but I really enjoyed this and I think it's going in an interesting direction mm. um, okay. so there's that I'll Back definitely check that out I suppose Monday they for Upstart Crow and yeah. the Strictly thing is uh, what time on Saturday I think it's 7 uh, hold on I do have that that uh, information handy uh, yes yeah, 7 uh, it is 7, seven o'clock yeah. 7 o'clock yeah. yeah why did you all doubt me no, did, I didn't I just didn't clarification know wrong <laughs> if you're gonna, if you want Patreons, if you want backers, they demand. You know, talking talking of which, subscribe yep. on on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/TheCustardTV. Now that Twin Peaks has come to an end, last episode of Talking Peaks coming very soon. I might do something new as well. Mm. Don't know what it is. I haven't, I haven't got any idea. Well, you're yeah. le- you're leaving us for another podcast. Is that? Yeah. No, 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 no. But I mean, I, I I haven't discussed this with anything or anybody. I just thought, you know, all yourself, uh, brothers. Aren't all my, yeah, no, I, I don't. I, if you would like me to do something, it's sponsor. Yeah, back us on Patreon, and I'll I'll do it. <laughs> well, that's within that's reason. Like you'll do within literally reason. anything. 
I'm pimping myself People out. People do literally anything. But that's only for the $20 backers. I, I didn't see the colour of their green before he I did doesn't, He doesn't get out of bed for less than £18.50. That's right. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, uh, we got a load of social media stuff to rattle through, so bear with us while we do it. Uh, YouTube.com yes. forward slash The Custard TV. Facebook.com forward slash The Custard TV. Find this podcast and subscribe to it on iTunes and give us a five-star Stitcher, review. Stitcher, we're still on Stitcher. It will Stitcher. take moments to do that. The Custard TV podcast is where we are. The site itself is thecustardtv.com. I'm on Twitter all damn day long at Luke Custard TV. Matt's on it occasionally. At Matt's TV Bites. And uh, if you want to see what YouTube videos Gary is like, Hello. Oh. Uh, he's on Twitter as well. At the Gary Show. Next week on this very podcast. Well, not on this one. We've done this one now. But on the <laughs> yeah. next one. On the next uh, issue of this, yeah. Yes, we will be discussing Relic on BBC One Monday at 9 and ITV's Liar on ITV, oddly enough, Monday at 9. Why? Because they're two new dramas, but also because in a weird coincidence, both dramas are written by the same pair of brothers, Harry yep. and Jack Williams, who brought us... The missing, and then on at the same time on rival channels on the same night. It's bizarre. So that would be well. Uh, uh, although ITV Plus One does exist. Well, yeah, and uh, and we'll be discussing back, which I mentioned, which is the Robert Webb and uh, David Mitchell sitcom, and Sky Atlantic's Tin Star, starring Tim Roth, which has already been given a second series. Yeah, the series one is all available now on Sky Box Sets or Now TV or however you want to watch it. So that'll be next week on the Looking podcast. Looking forward to it already. Sounds good. I, I know. I want to do it now. Let's do it now. And uh, Gary and I will have seen, probably Gary will have seen all of Bojack Horseman and I will have seen a fair portion of it. So that's all next week. Take care. Bye. Bye. Rate and review us wherever you find us. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes and Facebook. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.